Matthew chapter 25, verse 14, says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. Jump down to verse 24. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. Somebody say afraid. afraid. Somebody say afraid. afraid. It says, I, I, was, uh, I was afraid. And went and hid the talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. Verse 26 says, but his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. It's kind of funny because Pastor Greg and Debbie, they said, I just want to be a servant. You want to be a bigger servant, bigger responsibility. You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed, so you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. Take, therefore take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. Father, I pray right here this morning, Lord God, that you would let your spirit have its way, Lord God, in these next few moments. Lord, guide and direct, have your way. Father, we do not want to operate in fear but only in faith, in Jesus' name. And we all said... Before you're seated, shake your neighbor's hand and tell them, don't be scarecrowed. Song came out a little while, said, I ain't never scared, never scared. I think the person who has to repeat himself and being scared is probably the one who's scared the most. This morning, I want to share with you in this story, a story that I have been able to bring out through an analogy that I got from my father years back. So I'm going to use the analogy. Now, the message will be a little different, but the analogy I love. Now, within the analogy, there's an analogy of two, scarecrow, uh, two crows sitting on a scarecrow. There's one crow sitting on the right arm and another crow sitting on the left arm. Now, as they were sitting on this scarecrow, both of them were full. They had fed their bellies due to what was underneath the scarecrow. Both sat on each arm and had just devoured a magnificent strawberry lunch. Even though they had just eaten, they were still hungry. Now, just a short distance away were hundreds of other crows watching these two crows. Some were on, a fe were on fence posts, others were on phone wires, and others had been circling the patch from above. But only two crows invaded the patch. Thank you for coming a little bit early, but I guess we're off cue here today. But two had been only that invaded the patch. One crow who was sitting on a power line with another crow then asked 
another crumb. He said, how come we don't go down there and partake of the strawberries like those two who are sitting on the arms of the scarecrow? How come we don't eat? I'm just as hungry as they are. The other crow said with fright in his voice, he said, oh, no. There's a scarecrow down there. No way. We're afraid of them. We can't go there because he's there. What's important to understand is that the opposite of faith is fear. The opposite of faith is fear. Now, the man with the one talent then speaks on the basis of this message here from verse 25 by saying that he was afraid. Somebody say afraid. Somebody say afraid. And in verse 25, this man shares his own scarecrow story, and it's all about how and why he became fearful. Now, in this story, we see a fearful character, but we also see two other characters who live in the realm of faith. One character has five talents, and he converts it to ten. The other receives two, and he turns it into four. But these two men did not complain about their lot that was given to them. But immediately, they doubled their investment. Could they have complained? Sure, they could have, but they did not. Right away, they took it, and they invested in it. But the third character is a classic in shame and irresponsibility. He sits as a pathetic failure because of his apathetic nature. Now, what was the difference between these two characteristics that we see? We see two that were very skillful and diligent. And then we see one who was very slothful and lazy. Now, what's the difference? It's the same as the story of these two crows. These two had already eaten, but they were still hungry. I like to call, for the sake of the story, we'll call this, these two crows, the Joshua and Caleb. Even though they saw the promise, they wanted more. Even though they saw what was ahead, they were ready for what God had in store for them. Not just what they had partaken of at the moment, but had continued and what God wanted to do within their life. Now, this is very important. Uh, we used to hear it a lot uh, throughout the years, even many years ago. We heard it from Pastor Sonny. He said, you got to be content, but never satisfied. Learn how to be content, but never satisfied. Now, what I mean by that is that what we're going to be talking about here this morning is that understanding the promises of God, of what you have already received, there's more promises out there. But you got to be able and willing to work hard. Don't think for a second that what you have obtained, okay, now I got a good marriage, now I'm in my right mind, now everything is okay, now, you know, I got a good job, I, I'm okay now. Don't be satisfied with that. The moment you're satisfied with that, you can be lulled into a slothful spirit like a man with one talent. I'm good now, I'm okay now, everything's fine now. And all this time when you are satisfied, there is a hurting and dying world out there. See, you can tell where I'm going with this message, right? You can already see it. See, listen, here this morning, my message here this morning is to make sure that you do not catch the disease called puitis. It's a disease that has affected churches all over America and all over the world. It is a disease that you don't necessarily get on your skin, but you get it in your heart. It's a disease that has infiltrated the churches since even the beginning of time, even since the Bible days. Where it is is where you just sit there and say, Pastor, feed me. But as far as doing, so I ain't going to do nothing. 
Let the pastor do that. They just got two more pastors. Let them do that now. They wanted to be servants. Let them do it. That's what happens. You get this disease where it's puitis, and I find it ironic that we are sitting in pews. I'm good where I'm at. This is my chair. This is my Sunday. This is my church. These are my people. I'm good to go. I'll be here on Sunday, but don't ask me to do nothing on a Monday. Just give me the light on Sunday. I don't know if I can share the light on Monday. See, and this is where we see this story of these crows. They asked Helen Keller one time, what could be worse than being born blind? She responded to be born with eyesight but have no vision. See, this one man responded in fear of his master just like many Christians do today. They sit and watch the enemy rob them of what they desire the most all because of a measly scarecrow. This scarecrow gave the man fears. See, the coward Christian is much like the crow who will sit and watch the strawberry patch but never seek to partake of any of the promises. By the same manner, neither do some Christians partake in the inheritance and the promises that Christ has given you and I. Listen, this morning, I'm here to tell you that you and I, God has given us promises. Can I hear an amen? God has given us promises, even particular within this ministry. God will give us the treasures out of darkness. God will make sure that as you go along the path, he's going to make the crooked path and he's going to make it straight. Those bars in front of you, don't worry about it. They're going to be cut. I've given you promises. I have given you these things. I have given you an inheritance. But don't get scared. Don't get scared of it. I, I don't know if I could do that. I, I, I was never a, a, a drug addict. You, you know what, man, whenever I hear that, I, I honestly, like in the spirit, I wish like this hand could come out of my heart and spiritually just slap that out. That's the athlete in me talking, right? Forgive me. I like to box a little bit, you know, get involved. You want to like, come on, man. But really, that's what I feel like sometimes. Like, I... I I don't like when I, well, I was never homeless. I can't help the homeless. What? Like, who, who told you that? I was never a drug addict. I can't help drug addicts. Who told you that? Who said that you cannot help those in need? Who told you that? See, what happens is nobody told you that. You just caught a disease. You caught a disease, but I'm here to tell you this morning, there's a great physician. He wants to heal you. If you would just allow him to open your heart and do what he's called you to do. Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord a hand of praise. See, you and I must understand that we cannot live in fear. Somebody say fear. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, that it talks about those who are going to split hell and have those who are going to enter and make the, they're, they're going to kind of be the ones marching into hell. The first ones it says, and you can read it in Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, the first ones that are going to split hell in half, cowards. The ones who were scared. See, we, we don't talk about it enough, even though that's probably one of the most powerful scriptures in all the Bible, where Jesus just says, look, if you're going to be something, be hot. Or if you're going to be something, be cold. But if you're going to be in the middle, like, <laughs> I don't know about you, but spitting on somebody is probably the most shameful thing that I can ever think of, right? I almost feel like, hit me, you know, like, hit me, I'll take it, you know, hit me. But spit on me? Oh, no, you did. No, you did. Like, right? Am I the only one? I feel like that's bad. That's horrible. Like, you bumped me like, what's, wrong? what's your problem? 
But if you spit on it, like, wow. Yet, that's how the scripture descri- uh, describes lukewarm people. Probably the most shameful beings on this planet. If you're going to be cold, be cold. If you're going to be, look at, if you're going to be a sinner, be a sinner. And be the greatest sinner you can ever be. Go for it. Go to the clubs. Do your thing. Drink as much as you want. Do whatever, say whatever you want. Let the cursings explore your world. Go for the thing. If you're going to be a sinner, go for it. But if you're going to be, no, I'm, I'm going to be a Christian. Well, I, I like what Carmen, what she was saying up here. They're like, don't be like a Christian. Like, hey, man, I, I love Jesus. I think, do I? I'm not sure. I went to church once or twice, right? I think so. Like, we associate going to church with being a Christian. Like, listen to me. Just because you came to church doesn't make you a Christian. You can walk into your garage, don't make you a car. You can go into a ballpark, doesn't make you a professional athlete. Doesn't matter. Like, you can just, you're just sitting there watching everybody. See, here, what we, we must understand is that God was very clear when it came to being hot or being cold, being a disciple, or just being a person who says, I love Christ. Being a person, well, I love Jesus, I love God. Don't you have a lot of conversations with people like that? I love God. Oh, man, I love God. God made herbs, and herbs are great. It's funny, I was having a conversation with a guy the other day, because he was, uh, like, he actually brought up the conversation where, where, where do Christians stand on, on marijuana? and the, uh, You know what my answer was? My answer was just the fact that this is a question goes to show you how bad the church has gotten of today. Like if you were to ask a Christian back then in the 1910s, the early 1900s, 1800s, they would have never even thought anything of wanting to grieve the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden now Christians today, they have no problem grieving the Holy Spirit. They ask questions about questions about questions. Well, what about this? And what about that? And what about, how can we can do? Well, why can't we? They, they drink. What's wrong with drinking? I love drinking. I love to do that. Why? Like, that's just really my thing. Like, I, I don't understand. I mean, I get it, but it's one of those, like, I don't. I, I'm, listen, I'm too busy eating strawberries of promises that God gave me to debate and sit on power lines and go over this whole thing about what this is and what this isn't. Like, why would I want to do that? I have promises. God gave me a promise. I'm too busy eating of the promises that God has given me. I'm too busy partaking of the inheritance that God wants to give me. I'm too busy making sure that there's strawberry fields forever. Too busy. So if you want to debate about what passion fruit and what all this other stuff, go for it. I just want to make sure that I take the promises that God has given me. Can I hear an Amen. See, the man with the one talent didn't fail because of lack of opportunity, nor did he fail because of lack of talent or even ability. He was simply defeated by a groundless, harmless scarecrow. See, listen to me, my friend. If we're going to reach the world, it's not going to take fearful, apathetic, pew-warming Christians, but it's going to take men and women with courage, men and women who see a scarecrow but aren't afraid of the enemy, men and women who in the face of danger understand it but still say, I'm willing to stand. I'm willing to fight. I'm willing to go forward. I want to take a look at three scarecrows real quick that will confront individuals like you and I, the same scarecrows that confronted this man with the one talent in verse 25 of the book of Matthew, and these three scarecrows that you and I do not have to be afraid of. 
Three scarecrows. Can you bring out the scarecrow? There it is. All right. Thank you. Amen. It's already here. No, no. I was just, brother, brother. I'm just kidding. Brother, brother. Bring it back, brother. For those of you listening on the podcast, don't worry about it. We'll get a video cast one day. The first scarecrow is the scarecrow of insignificance. The scarecrow of insignificance. This fear gave the man the wrong perspective. He had the what's the use kind of attitude. What's the use? It's no big deal. You, you know what I have learned? And I've learned this all throughout my years of Christianity. My father used to say it all the time. Christianity is perspective. It's perspective. It's all in how you see it. If you see God as a loving God, you're going to be a lovable Christian. If you see God as a hateful, despiteful, judgeful God, then you're going to be a hateful, despiteful, judging Christian. All in how you view God. However you view him. So that's why I've even learned, even within my Christianity, with my walk, I, I do my best to uh, try and make sure whenever I use words like always and never. Because if you're going to use those words, you're speaking on behalf of God. God always, God never. God always, God, you better be careful. What's the perspective? See, this man had the wrong perspective. He had a perspective of insignificance. There's a story of an eccentric philosopher philosophy professor who gave one question at a final exam after a semester dealing with a broad array of topics. The class was already seated and ready to go when the professor picked up a chair, plopped it on top of the desk, and wrote this on the board. He said, using everything we have learned this semester, prove that this chair does not exist. Fingers begin to fly. Erasers begin to erase. Notebooks were filled in a furious fashion. Some students wrote over 30 pages in one hour attempting to refute the existence of a chair. One member of the class, however, was up and finished in less than a minute. Wrote on the paper, turned it in, and walked out the door. A week later, when the grades were posted, the rest of the group wondered how this one guy had had gotten an A when he had barely written anything at all. True story, the man who wrote on the piece of paper wrote two words. He said, what chair? I don't see anything. You can see whatever you say. I don't see it. What scarecrow? You see a scarecrow? I don't see a scarecrow. You can see whatever you want to see. See, some of us are so busy trying to refute and trying to write 30 pages. Of, oh, no, no, no. See, what the Bible says, and we get with this, and we try, we try to do all these things of trying to figure out God. I want to be the smartest Christian. Let me out. I'm going to be the smartest one. I'm going to be the smartest one. No, no, no. Just wait. I'm not done. Hold on. I got some more. I'm not gonna... Like, what? Well, you're so busy sitting on power lines, people over here partaking of promises. Well, see, if I, could figure, if I could just figure out, see, if I just do it this way, or if I just get over here and do it that, it's like, man, can't you see all these promises right here? There's tons of treasures out of darkness. Like, there's uh, uh, so many of them. Uh, I was talking with somebody in the, in the, the foyer here earlier. He was telling me, yeah, they're going to open up a church here. I said, man, that's great. Open up more churches. I pray that there will be more churches in Hayward and less liquor stores in Hayward. Let there be more churches. That, I think that's a great thing. The, the city of Hayward has 150,000 people. Now, if you're from Hayward, you know 
that Hayward is not just Hayward. We're kind of connected. We got San Lorenzo, San Leandro, Union City, Dakota. You know, we got, we got a little bit of everything. If you want to go to the other side, we got the, we got the city right there. You got Burlingame. I mean, like, we're not just by ourselves. So when people talk about, oh, no, 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 you, you can't come over here. You can't do that. Like, why? I would rather there be a kingdom of God in my city I would rather see the kingdom growth of what God wants to do within who we are than to build my own kingdom that's going to fall apart. Why would I want to do that? No, let it keep it. Look at, look at all these strawberries. There's plenty of strawberries to go around. Plenty of promises to go around. There's plenty of sinners to go around. Those of you that have Bible studies, oh, no, 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 my Bible study, stay in my, there's plenty of people to go around. Stop worrying about trying, trying to make, you know, boundary lines. Like, what? I, I, I don't know why you would want to do boundary lines. No, this, this is my patch. There's plenty of strawberries all over the place. If you would just begin to understand and don't have this perspective of insignificance like this man. See, this scarecrow gives you the wrong attitude. This scarecrow will make you want to run faster out of any situation, faster than any of the other scarecrows. Well, I can't do this. I, I, can't, I can't make that happen. Let, let somebody else do it. Look at, look at he's, got, he's got five. He has a degree. I don't even know how he got a degree. He didn't even graduate high school the proper way. Let him, how, let, just let him do it. He's got such a cool hat. I don't have a hat like him. I can't do this. See, well, they can do it because they've been married a long time. I've barely been married. I'm not going to make I can't do this. How can I do this? If people only understood my situation. See, look, like, see, you don't know. You can't talk about it because, listen, I'm, I, you know, I, I get it. And so what we do is we start put, piling all these wrong perspectives on who we are, never realizing that God had always, always wanted to give you a promise in the first place. Well, see, he's got five talents. They got a bigger church than we do. Let them do it. Oh, how, they can do, he, he gets on fire more than I do. Let him be the one that starts the fire. I don't want to start a fire. Whenever I start a fire, I get burned anyways. Fire burn me. <laughs> we didn't start the fire. That's for you. See, this man had the gross, grasshopper mentality. Remember when those spies, they went to go spy out the land, and they went to go look for it? Ten came back, said, oh, we can't take that land. We're like grasshoppers in their eyes. We can't do that. See, Christianity is perspective. Do you see obstacles or do you see opportunities? If you see the right, through the right perspective, then my friend, you're seeing through a visionary type of thinking, a visionary type of perspective. Now, for those of you who say, well, I'm not really a visionary, it's not about the visionary of seeing great things, it's about the visionary of seeing a great God. And if you see a great God, you will see great promises. I know it doesn't look all great right now. I know all your children aren't saved right now. I know your marriage seems hopeless right now. I know you don't make that much money right now, but my friend, you got a great God. You got a great God. You got a great God. Christianity is perspective. It's all in how you see it. See, John chapter 6, there's a prime example right here. John chapter 6, verse 8. If you're taking notes, write that down. I'm going to read it here for the sake of time. It says, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, there is a lad here which have five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? 
And Jesus said, make the men sit down. Somebody say, sit down. Somebody say, sit down. It says, now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number of about 5,000, and Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks. Now, this is a prime example of Andrew who began to complain about his little resources. How can we accomplish this great feast with such little portions? This became a whining perspective. Well, I don't have the money he has. See, he can do that because he has money. He can do that because he has this. She could do that because she looks like this. He could do that because they do that. I can't do that. How, how are we going to feed 5,000 people? I've only got this little bread and little fish. I can't do that. See, I love, in this portion of Scripture, what really got me was the advice that Jesus gave his disciples. You know what he told them? He said, okay, you see all those people? Tell them to do something. What does he tell them? What does he tell them? Sit down. Well, I can't do Sit down. But you don't know my what? Sit down. But you don't know my financial struggle. Sit down. But you don't understand what I, my past. Sit down. But I've been hurt. They, they came and they, sit down. See, some of you, you complain so much and you're moving around so much, you can't see it because the promises are right in front of you and you'll see it if you just sit down. Sit down. Stop complaining about all this. Well, if it was like, just be quiet. That's why sometimes I have to tell my son, you know, hey, hey, be quiet. Sit down. I tell my son that all the time. (laughs) He was complaining about socks and shoes the other day. I have a seven-year-old, right? Seven-year-old that acts like a two-year-old. Don't laugh. Some of you might be 42-year-old acting like a two-year-old. Don't don't laugh. Don't laugh. I'm not kidding. This is exactly what he did. Another song I wanted. And then I go, Stevie, stop that. I go, sit down. You know what he does? Because at least if he can sit down, I can get his attention. Sometimes when you're standing up and you're complaining too much, can't get your atten- God can't get your attention. God can't get your attention. Well, well, God, if you could. And God's just saying, just sit down. Well, okay, I will sit down. But God, if you, if you just do. Sit down. Well, okay, I'm going to sit down right now. But God, if you just. God, if you could just. Get, sit down. Sit down. Listen. God is going to bless you. Just sit down. Stop complaining. Sit down. You know that some of the greatest movements of all time have started with men who just stood there, sat down, did nothing. Did nothing. If you study church history, you'll know a man by the name of Martin Luther, right? A man by the name of Martin Luther who got these 98 theses and he nailed them to the church. And he nailed them to the church and the Pope took it. It was basically 98 things wrong with the church. That's what he did. The church is all messed up. It's all doing this because at the time... The Catholic Church, they were doing some very corrupt stuff. Very, very corrupt. 
But nobody was standing up against him. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? So what did he do? He said, okay, I did what the Bible said I was supposed to do. I brought it before them. I brought it before the church. This is all I can do. So finally, what happened was he got a trial date. Years later, he comes before the Pope, and the Pope says, I need you to renounce everything that you just said. Renounce everything that you're talking about. You know what he says? I already sat down. There's nothing I could do. This is what God told me. This is what God shared with me. You know that the civil rights movement was not necessarily started by Martin Luther King. It was started by him. It was started with him. Now, he took the wave and he rode it. He took it. But do you know that the civil rights movement was started with a lady? It started with a woman. A woman who just got sick and tired of being sick and tired. That's it. She wasn't a great speaker. She wasn't a profound philosopher. She was just a woman who got, I'm tired of this. Oh, no, 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 you can't do anything. Don't do that because you go, I don't care. My back hurts. I'm not going to the back of the bus. I'm going to sit down right here. And if you got a problem with it, then come tell me. But I'm not going nowhere. I'm tired of this. She got tired of the racism, and she sat down. She said, I'm not moving. Some of you, you got to get tired of your marriage going all around. Sit down. Some of you right now, your financial situation is going all around. Sit down. Stop it. And just let God do what he wants to do within your life. Sit down. Turn to your neighbor. Just say, sit down. The second scarecrow. Okay, now you can bring it out, brother. Okay, bring out the other one because he brought out the wrong one, but that's okay. Just leave him out here. <laughs> Go ahead and bring out the other one. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you don't know, I love our men's home. Amen. Amen. Hey, Jay, Jason, when you're, when you're done, bro, Go sit down. Go sit down. The second scarecrow is the scarecrow of unfavorable circumstances. Unfavorable circumstances. This man in verse 25 was afraid he'd never make it as a Christian because it was only allotted one talent in life. Others had much more than he did, but he was limited, unfavorable. I don't have it like they did. See, many of us even come in with this kind of perspective. If only I was born on that side of the tracks. If only I was born under Warren Buffett. If I was Warren Buffett's son, I'd be perfectly fine. Man, if I had the inheritance of Bill Gates, everything would be, you know, hunky-dory. Everything would be great. But because I don't have that much money, because I don't have that, you know, I guess it's unfavorable circumstances. See, many of us even grow up with this perspective of, I grew up with nothing, so I'm going to always stay with nothing. I grew up not having anything, so I'm always going to be not having anything. No promises are coming my way. No inheritance are coming my way. I didn't even know my dad. I didn't know anything. It was a powerful spoken word just a little bit earlier. So because I didn't have anything or have anyone, I'm always going to stay just like that. Unfavorable circumstances. See, this scarecrow makes the weak, easy prey 
to temptation and makes them think, if only I had this or if only I had obtained this, it's a scarecrow that allows temptation to win within our lives. Romans chapter 6, verse 11, this is a very, if, if you're not writing down any scriptures, take a note, put it on your notepad, your iPhone, write that scripture down. Romans chapter 6, verse 11, it says, Likewise, reckon yourselves dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Christ Jesus our Lord. Now this is very heavy because I remember my father had shared this scripture many, many years ago, and when he said it, it, boom, it kind of opened up my eyes, like, Wow. Never seen that. The word reckon in the Greek means rehearse. Somebody say rehearse. Somebody say rehearse. Now what's very important about that is that you and I must understand the rehearsal of dying to yourself. We have these dramas. Matter of fact, March 26th, we're going to be doing the live drama Bay Life right here on stage. Powerful drama. Now the thing about the drama is that they keep rehearsing and they go over it and they practice and they practice and they practice and they practice and they practice. Why? So that March 26th is going to be a powerful one. So the drama teams, baseball teams, football teams, any sort of teams, what do they do? They rehearse and they rehearse and they rehearse and they rehearse. Why? So that when they get the opportunity, the message comes ac across correctly. If they don't rehearse, well then anything can happen. And then whatever happens, that's where you get that phrase, well, whatever happens, happens. The word reckon means to rehearse. You need to rehearse yourself dead to that bottle. Rehearse yourself. Some of you that you know, you came from a background of the bottle, you need to know that you know that you know that you know without a shadow of a doubt, I died to that bottle. That bottle will never have me again. Some of you that were womanizers or, or the vice versa, for some of you women that you were always getting after the men, you need to know that you know that you know that no man or no woman is going to take you away from the promises of God. You need to reckon yourself dead to sin. Rehearse this thing. It's not going to happen. No, not, not in my marriage. Uh-uh, uh-uh. See, some of you, you, you have this understanding when it comes to you and your children, Right? Because you were messed up as a child. You had things done to you as a child. Things happened, so you're like, oh, no, not going to happen with my children. Well, that's what that is. The same perspective of looking at that. Well, it's not going to happen to my child. You need to do that to yourself. Yeah. Not going to happen to me. I'm not, no more. I'm never, ever, ever, ever again going to have an ex-wife. I'm never, ever, ever, ever again going to have an ex-husband. Never. Reckon yourself. Rehearse it. In your, no, no, no. It's not gonna happen. Be transformed by the, the renewing of the rehearsal in your mind. Not gonna happen. This will not take place within my life. See, if you have that, then you will have to understand that no matter what circumstances or what unfavor comes your way, you are gonna know that without a shadow of a doubt, God has called you. See, what you and I have to understand is that temptation is like marriage, it's till death do you part. You're gonna get tempted. I don't care who you are, what background you've come from. I, I don't know where, where, uh, what side of the tracks you were born on. I don't know if you were born in the middle of the tracks. I don't know where you were born. But I want you to know, everybody gets tempted. Now, it may not be the same temptation, but everybody gets tempted. Case in point, I was talking with somebody the other day, and right away, this person, he smelt the alcohol of somebody going by. Now, I smelt it too, but I didn't have the same reaction as him. Why? Because I was not an alcoholic. We didn't have that same thing. But right away, he goes, oh, like he, like he started, he goes, Jack Daniels? No, that's not Jack Daniels. Like, 
<laughs> he's just like, boom, boom. He just had it in his mind. Like, no, that, it's light. No, it's not light. Corona, no, no corona. Uh, like right away, you could see it. You know, that, that's, antennas went up. So it was something for him. So I'm looking at him. Like right, it was funny because he was just like me because he just did that and then he went right back into the conversation. It was funny because we were talking. To, but see, for me, I don't know, like, what do I care? Did I smell it? Sure. But is it tempting? No. I'm not tempted with that. Do I have my own temptations? Oh, believe you me. I have other things that make me go, do, 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 do. But then I remembered I died to that. I died to that. Rehearse yourself. This will not take you away from the promises that are here. Reckon yourself. Somebody say, reckon yourself. Matthew 6, chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 24, it says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. I love this scripture because this is something that God showed me when I was a youth pastor. God showed me this when I was a youth pastor. Listen, some of you, you come here and you love God. Oh, I love you. You love to sing. Hallelujah for the Lord. Oh, man, you just love to sing. I want it. I will dance. I will run. And you love God. But do you hate sin? I know you love God. I, I, don't, I don't think whatsoever. I don't question your love for God. But sometimes I could question your disposition for sin. Do you hate sin? Like, is it something that when you do smell it or, or, or hear it or, or see it, uh, oh, oh, or is it something where, well, no. She waving back, she waving back. Hi. See, now, now I'm going to say this, I haven't really been to the gym in a long time but I believe me I see a lot of guys I, now for one thing let me just make this very clear I, I still I trip out on guys who take selfies at the gym it cracks me up <laughs> whatever I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into that that's a whole nother whole nother message but what really, like, gets me is that you have to understand. And it's so funny because when I hear, now this is what gets me, is when I hear guys talk about, oh, no, no, I just go to the gym and I shut up. You, you know what I feel like saying? Like, you ever watch that movie, Goodwill Hunting? You ever seen that? It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And that movie, it, it's, this, it's this genius kid who, like, oh, he's a janitor. And he's a janitor, and he can answer any question that was, I mean, the smartest minds of MIT, of Harvard, of Yale, can't figure out and can't fathom these questions, but all of a sudden, he walks up to a chalkboard with a mop in his hand and answers the questions like that. And I remember the, the man comes and talks to him and says, look, you can be a janitor anywhere in the world. Why do you choose to be a janitor at MIT? You can go to the gym anywhere in the world. Why do you want to go to that gym? You can go anywhere. You can work out at home. Oh, yeah, I could work out at home, but, you know, I just, I just go there because they got better stuff there. You know, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it, it's really good for, for what I see. Now, could you? Yeah, you could. 
Now, for those of you, this is not an issue for you, then don't worry about what I'm saying. But if this is an issue for you, you better reckon yourself. Reckon yourself before you wreck yourself. Better be very careful. Oh, I just go to the gym. And, and listen, I'm not just talking about the fellas. I'm talking about the ladies too. Oh, no, I, I, got, I need motivation. I need motivation. I need motivation. And like, okay, do you get motivated when that trainer goes over there and says, hey, girl, how you doing? <laughs> Don't forget to live, girl, and live just like that. And when you don't do it like that, do it like this. God bless you. He said, God bless you. He said, God bless you. See, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I got blessed. I... So I don't, I don't take to this, oh, it's only a guy thing. No, it ain't only a guy thing. You women too. Them, those guys go at that gym and they do that on purpose. They lift like the smallest thing. Like, and don't act like, well, I don't see him. Yes, you do. He wanted to make it very well known that you saw him. Could he do that at home? Sure he could, but he wanted to do it in front of you. He wanted to see if you would go for the scarecrow. He wanted to see if you would fall for it. They wanted to make sure. See, this understanding, I know, listen, I don't question anybody's love for God here, but sometimes you got to understand, do you hate sin enough to stay away from it? Do you hate sin enough to just, I don't even, I don't even want to look in the realm of temptation. The Bible said, matter of fact, if anything, it says flee from that type of immorality. Flee from any sexual immorality. Flee from any, run away from it. You know what my father used to say? He used to say, run the red light. Run the red light. I said, well, what, what are you talking about, pastor? You know what I'm talking about? When you're the only one in the car and you're there driving, you come to a red light and you look to your right, and you go, well, the Lord has blessed her. Hallelujah. Me. And your mind starts racing. You know that, see, because the Bible in the book of Moses says, listen, you shouldn't sleep with another woman. Don't sleep with another woman who's not your wife. Then Jesus comes along and says, listen, even, a, even if you look at a woman in the wrong way, you've committed adultery. Wait, oh, that's too far. Now you're getting into my thoughts. First my actions are cool, but now you're getting into my thoughts. Yes, exactly. Exactly. We're getting into your thoughts. We're getting into your thought lives. As a man thinks, so is he. As a woman thinks, so is she. If you keep rehearsing yourself over and over, the man, I can't wait to leave this man. I cannot wait to leave this man. I cannot wait to, you better be very careful. You better be very careful. I can't wait to leave this woman. I can't wait to leave this woman. You better be very careful. You better be very careful. That's why I said, listen, just run the red light. Get the ticket. It's worth it. Pay $345. It's a lot better than paying child support. Now, I say that because Pastor Anthony had shared that one. Were you guys here when he said that? He had to pay over almost 20 years of child support. And it, it got him. It really got him bad. But then all of a sudden, he got a promise. He went from 20 years of child support, got reduced to nine years. Now, for those of you that pay child support, you know what I'm talking about, right? Isn't it? It, it gets at you, right? 
Like, man, it hurts. Now, listen, for those of you that have to pay it, believe me, I'm not saying don't pay it. You better pay that thing. Your consequences and sins shall follow you. They're going to follow you. Now, God forgave you, but the court didn't. (laughs) So if you're supposed to pay it, pay it. However, if you're supposed to pay it, pay that thing. But if you understand, man, I don't want to do it another time, then don't do that. Don't make the same mistake that you did before. Stop doing that. This is what this man with the one talent had within his life. See, while faith wants to go to heaven, sometimes our flesh wants to go to bed. While faith wants to go to church, our flesh wants to go to the club. We need to understand that we need to keep our faith level above our fear level. The third scarecrow and the last one, and I close with this, is the scarecrow of mistrust. This man in verse 25 felt that his master was going to be unfair. He felt his master was unjust. He says, I knew you were a hard taskmaster. You see, this scarecrow puts fear into those men and women who have a hard time when it comes to giving. They have a difficult time whenever it comes to any sort of out of the pocket. You know what's funny is that according to the scripture, it's not coming out of your pocket. It's coming out of your heart. It's coming out of your heart. See, you hear the words tithes and offerings, and right away, your mistrust meter goes up. Right away, oh, no, I, I, I can't give. I can't give. You know what really that is? It's not a lack of finances. It's actually a lack of faith. It's a lack of faith. See, my friend, uh, one, of, one of my favorite scriptures, my father used to always share when he would talk about the just shall live by, by the same token, the just shall give by faith. The just shall give by faith. You know that when they talk about the first fruit giving, as I begin to study that, the first fruit giving, because, you know, that's what the tithes and, and offerings are. It's the first fruit. So your first fruit giving, what they were talking about when they would say to all the farmers and to all those who would produce fruit, they would say, okay, listen, when the fruit comes up, your very first fruit, give it to God. Because what they were doing is they were saying, listen, it's not a guarantee that there will be a second or third fruit. So really, when you gave to God, you had to really trust in God. You had to really trust in the Lord. It wasn't one of those, okay, let me just take it and hold on to it, and if I produce, if I get the money that I want to, okay, then all right, now I'm going to give it. Now, now I'll give it because now I, now I see other things happening. But if I don't see anything happening, I'm, uh, oh God, let me just cut off a little slice right here. Here you go, God. See, when it comes to the mistrust scarecrow, this mistrust scarecrow takes people off of their faith walk and puts them onto the fear walk. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 2 says, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Now, the word righteous in the Hebrew means sadak. Somebody say sadak. Now, there's another Hebrew word that sounds just like it. Another Hebrew word by the name of sadaka. Somebody say sadaka. That same word means generous. See, in the kingdom of God, it's impossible to be righteous and greedy. It's impossible to be a righteous person and a greedy person. There are over 2,100 verses that connects righteousness with generosity and greed with wickedness. 
Psalms chapter 37 says, I've never, I, I was young and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken of their children begging for bread. They are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be blessed. See, sadaka, putting others before yourself. You see, you and I sometimes, we see the righteousness of God in the wrong way. We see righteousness as, well, I don't drink anymore. I, I, don't, I don't go to the clubs anymore. I don't cuss anymore. Well, sometimes I, it might slip out every now and then. But, you know, I don't do that anymore. Therefore, if I don't do that, I'm a good person. I'm a righteous person. But according to the way the Jews, when they read the scripture, it wasn't about what they didn't do. It was about what they were doing. Are you a giving person? If you are a giving person, then that's the righteousness of God. Because God is all about giving. For God so loved the world that he... It was all about giving. Now, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about in general, being a person who understands the righteousness of God to be a giver. God gave. God gave his tithe. You know what his tithe was called? His son, Jesus. He gave it. And you know what I've learned about the tithe and the offering? That the, the Bible calls it a seed. And unless a seed goes to the ground and dies, it won't produce anything. See, what did God do with his son? He gave it down, he let it go, and he let it, let it die. That was his tithe. He didn't touch the tithe. See, some of you right now, you might be in a situation of where you're at because you're touching something that you shouldn't be touching. You're getting involved with all oh, about, well, God understands, God knows. Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm your pastor here, and I'm your shepherd here. Now, even if you're visiting here within the, within the church, but you are a, a follower of Christ, these are principles that apply all across, not just to my ministry, not just to Victory Outreach. That you and I should understand if we are Christians, we should be a giver. Listen, if you see somebody in need and your heart is still numb, oof, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really know what to say. Like, that's hard for me to, 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 to grasp together because to me, when I see somebody in need, I try to figure out, man, what can I do? And I listen, I walk up and down these streets. I see a lot of people in need. I know I can't meet every need, but that's why I thank God that God gave me a church that we can meet as many needs as possible. And we can help those in need. That's what God has called us to do. And when it comes to the righteousness of God, that we would trust in our master. See, the, this, this man, he didn't trust. Well, I knew you were a hard master. I, I knew that, that, that you weren't going uh, uh, to allow it to be that this happened just like them. I, I knew that you were a little bit, you were going to treat me different than those guys. So what did I do? I hid it in the ground. But here, here it is. Look, I did nothing with it. I didn't do a thing with it. So it, it's perfectly just the way that you gave it to me. See, and you would think, oh, wow. Well, then he, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. And God says, or the, the master says, you lazy servant what's wrong with you i gave you something i gave you all these strawberries i gave you all these promises and all you did was just say that i went to church on sunday that's all you did you mean to tell me that's the only thing that you accomplished i close with this this, is, this scripture really got me in luke chapter 3 as he comes to the piano luke chapter 3 verse 7 on your own time you can read it let me paraphrase it real quick it's John the Baptist, and he's talking. And he's rebuking the living daylights out of everybody. He's in the desert, and he's a, you brood of vipers, you snakes, you, what's wrong with you? All you people, you, you talk the heavy talk. You talk about your father Abraham. You say all, I mean, he is just giving it to him. 
just letting them have it. What's wrong with you? This and that. Now, keep in mind, they, they came to hear him. He didn't go to them. They came to him. So he's just letting it off. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, that would be for those of you who say, oh, what's wrong with that pastor? He's crazy. He's, he shouldn't say that. You should see some of the stuff that some of these prophets and teachers said. They would blow you out the water. John the Baptist was one of them. He was like, man, what, what are you guys doing? What's your problem? What about this? And so you know what the crowd says? The crowd goes, well, okay, I, I didn't know I was, it was this bad. I, I didn't know. So what should we do then? That's what they say. What should we do? So you would think, okay, you know what you need to do? You need to pray. Pray for all night. Pray all night, and you need to do this. You need, no, you know what you need to do? You need to lift your hands higher and sing loud. Sing as loud as you can. Then that's going to show your love for God. If you really want to know God, then what you need to do is you need to wear a suit on Sunday. Because if you wear a suit on Sunday, then therefore you're, you're a holy man. If you wear a dress, you need to wear a dress. You need to look like this. You need to act like this. You need to talk like this. You need to move like this. You need to go like this. You don't. If you do all that, then you're a man of God. Actually, that's not the case whatsoever. Matter of fact, you know what John, uh, John tells him? He says, listen, you want to know what you're supposed to do? To those who have two tunics, give to the one who's in need. And if those of you who have food see those in need, give it away. Wait, I, I thought I needed to come to church more. I, needed, I thought I needed to lift my hands higher. I thought I needed to dress properly. I thought, no, no, no. No, it's actually not the case whatsoever. But if you want to be a true light of Christ, be a giver. Be somebody who gives. Be somebody who helps those in need. You see somebody who's hurting, just don't walk by them. Just don't leave them for dead. Don't do that. Matter of fact, I, every time Christ was always trying to uh, misconstrue the, the disciples' thinking, he was always using the helpless and the homeless. He used the Samaritan to get over a Levite. He said, look, here's a Samaritan. Matter of fact, let's call him a good Samaritan. And you have to remember to Jews, Samaritans are not good. Samaritans were never good. So why are you going to call the Samaritan good? He says, because this man did what I called him to do. He accepted the promises. Be a giver. Give generously. I want to challenge those of you with this. If you don't tithe, I want to challenge you to, uh, to tithe. But if you do tithe, and you're already a giver, you give to this church, and you're a part of what God's work is doing here within the city of Hayward and beyond, I want to challenge you. Help those in need. Some of you, this week, you want to buy an extra dress. You want to buy some extra shoes. You want to buy an extra suit. I'm going to bring it now to our times, like what John did. All that extra, and listen, I know, well, but I need this. Do you really need it? You're, you're going to buy these shoes, and you're going to put it right in the midst of all them 25 other pairs? Are you sure? No, but this goes with my, goes with my, goes with my ego. I got to get shoes to match my pride. I got to get this suit to match. Come on, man. Like, really? That I, I, my prayer is that God would not look at Victory Outreach Heart of the Bay and just feel like spitting. That's my prayer. I hope he wouldn't feel like spitting. Like, oof. I, I can't deal with that church. Too caught up in themselves. Like, I don't know. No, that's, that's my prayer. Now, I'm not saying we're perfect. I know that. I know I'm not perfect whatsoever. But what I am saying is I want to strive after the things of God as best as I can, as much as I can. And I want to be a giver. I thank God 
For some of you in this church, I'm not going to say your names because I know you don't want me to say it, but there's some of you in this church, you guys are givers and you give outside of this church. I thank God for you because you guys are blessed, totally blessed. See, that's why other people look at, well, see, he can do it because he's blessed. You know why he's blessed? Because he's a giver. You know why she's blessed? She's a giver. They give. And look, I know they don't have a lot of money. They don't have a lot of money, but they just give. They love to give. There you go. God bless you. Let me pay for your food. Let me, let me pay for your food. Let me pray for you. Look, I don't have a lot of money. I only got five bucks, but hey, I'll take $2. You take three. Here you go. Why? Because it's an attitude. I'm not scared of a little scarecrow. I'm not scared of that. I'm not going to be scared of that. What's the purpose of that? See, what we're doing right now with the Victory Average Heart of the Bay is we are believing God for what we call a harvest. A harvest of souls. And as we're believing God for a harvest of souls, my prayer is that the Victory Outreach Heart, we would not get scared of a little itty-bitty scarecrow. Well, I, I, I don't have as much as he has. I, I can't do it like I, I only got one talent. But, but yeah, but my, but my marriage is like this. But my, my finances are like this. But my job, but my boss, but people that... Okay, unfavorable circumstances. I get it. But in the midst of it all, don't be a person that shies away from the promises of God. Now, I've talked about this, and I, I have to remind myself. I am believing that God is going to allow us to have something here in the city of Hayward that the, the city of Hayward is going to know that there is a God in the inner city. There is a God in the inner city. There is a God for the drug addict. There is a God for the gang member. There is a God of people who ain't got a whole lot, but they give a whole lot. They give a whole lot. I don't want to be known as a church that takes in. I want to be known as a church that gives out. How can we give? What can we do to give? I don't want to be scared of a little scarecrow, sit on a power line, and just write down a bunch of stuff. Sounds smart. It doesn't work doesn't work. The smartest minds in the world still find out at the end without Christ they're dumb. doesn't matter. Without Christ, nothing. I want to challenge you here this morning to be a person that gives. Now I'm going to show you just a little bit what I'm talking about. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless it, Lord. Bless it, Lord. Bless it, Lord. Bless it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Shakara Sidiokuru. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Bless it, Lord. Bless it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, Gina, where's Gina? No, you're up there. And Barbara, where's Barbara? She's right here somewhere. Can you guys come up here real quick? Can you guys come on up? I was going to do this later, but. Might as well just do it right now. Gina and Barbara are uh, members of our church here. Been here for a while. And just recently they've had a little situation come within their, their family. It seems like we would call a family tragedy. And it is, to the emotion, it is a tragedy lost their father 
And for those of you who've lost a father, I know it hurts. But uh, what I also love as I study the scriptures is that whenever something happened within the church that took place, the church rallied together. Read it in the book of Acts. You'll read it and you'll see it. They rallied together and they helped those in need. Status was of, of no concern. Well, he's a leader. We got to help him. Well, she's not. No, 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 no. It's a need. Let's well, help. We want to help. And so I want to do that right now. I want to, you know, do what we can to help them. This is a twofold thing because in just a little bit, we also have some flyers to be a giver. And so we want to help them. We want to, you know, be a blessing. Somebody say blessing. Somebody say blessing. blessing. Now, I'm going to make an altar call right now as well, too. But within that, for those of you, now some of you here, you have no idea who they are. Amen. You don't have to know who they are. Matter of fact, that goes along with my sermon. I would prefer you not know who they are. Because they impact your children more than you think. Don't know who they are right now. But this would enable you to help and say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I can. I even want to challenge the youth. I don't want to hear that, well, I'm a youth, I ain't got money. I'm going to look at your feet. Some of you youth, you guys got on a $100 pair of shoes. I ain't got no money. I don't want to hear that. I don't like that. I want to hear that. Stop that. Now, if you think like a youth, put childish ways behind you and do that. So I want to be able to help them personally, financially, spiritually, bless them, whatever we could do to help out and see them enabled within this time, within what's going on. I know they got a big overhead, a big budget. If we can meet it, praise the Lord. If not, I know God's going to help meet your needs. I know that for sure. He'll be able to help you. Because I know they're, they're driving back and forth to Visalia. and It's, it's a lot. Um, is it, it's next, next Sunday? Next Sunday, the funeral, I think I'm going to drive over there. I'm going to come to church and then drive around over and uh, be, be able to be a part of that. And so I want us to be able to say, you know what? When we see a need. Now, I'm bringing this before you because I want you to be able to see a need. This is something right here right now. But if you see a need in a foyer, be somebody who helps. If you see a need in the streets, be somebody who helps. If you see a need in the parking lot, be somebody who helps. If you see a need at Starbucks, if you see a need at Burger King, if you see a need at the grocery store, please do your best to not take that cart and just go and say, well, somebody should help them. You're the somebody. You're it. Don't let the scarecrow, well, I don't have a lot of money. I'm barely making it. Okay, we're going to pass on by. That's my prayer. Now, this is the need set before us, so we want to pray for them, ask God to be with them. And whatever you can do, I want you to help them. Now, I'm not going to come up here and, and put a basket and say, come and give. I'm not going to do that. What I want you to do is I want you to give it to them personally. You give it to them. Just so... You know, well, I gave the money to the church. Believe me, if you know our church, I'm very open about our finances. I don't mind it. Not a problem at all. But they, they need an immediate happenings right now. And sometimes within it goes, it has to go through the process within here, within our church. So I want to just directly give it to them. Whatever you, I don't care if you give them a dollar. I have a dollar. Boom. hundred dollars. Whatever you got. I want you to give it to them. Whatever you feel. Just check, money order, cash whatever it might be that you have. 
Especially in today's day and age, they got Chase, and you can just, here you go, you know, just send it to you. Everything's go quick. So you just give it to them and give it to them directly. But we want to be a blessing. How many want to be a blessing? How many want to be a blessing? Stand with me here. So like I said, this is a two-fold altar call. Where's the uh, ushers at? Are they here? They come. Two-fold altar call. One, as of this moment, they're standing proxy for the needs, okay? Even those of you that you say, man, but I have a need, okay. And my prayer is that this message will help open up the eyes of the person next to you, and they're going to see your need, and they're going to help you. That's my prayer. I, I don't want anybody in this church to feel hopeless or I like according to his spoken word homeless that was a pretty good one man that was a great spoken word he says I was on I was on crack I had a cracked heart I was like ooh we were all on crack it was was that one I was like wow that's powerful so if home is where the heart is then my prayer will not be heartless ooh good stuff so one fold you see the need I want you whatever God puts upon your heart whatever it is whatever it is that you would be able to bless them. So that's the first fold. The second one, we're going to put these right here, the altar. These, let me have one. These are flyers, okay? These are flyers uh, for the, the drama Bay Life. Now, there's only 20 in here. I told them to do packs of 20 or 10. What did I say, 10 or 20? It's 20, right? It's 20. So these are 20 flyers. Now, some of you guys are coming tonight. You're going to do it. But I want you to see each flyer as a person you're going to witness to. I want to give you two weeks to witness to 20 people. Now, for those of you that say, well, man, that's a little scary or that's a drug. I, I, I can't give this to somebody who doesn't look like they were in prison. I'm not asking you to give it to somebody who looked like they were in prison. I'm asking you to witness to a soul who needs Christ. You know what these are? We call them flyers, but you know what they're really called? Icebreakers. They're just icebreakers. Just break the ice. Just so you can go, hey, can I give you a flyer? And when you see the ice broken, well, what's that? Well, let me tell you. Put the flyer away and say, hey, it's because I want you to tell you about Jesus. That's all these. These are just icebreakers. Icebreakers and reminders so that when people put them on their dresser, they go, oh, yeah, I remember. That's all these are. This is not the gospel. I want to make that very clear. This is not the gospel. This is just a flyer. Icebreaker reminder. That's it. But what I want you to see in the spirit is I see a strawberry. I see a promise. I see somebody who's been sitting underneath right there, underneath the scarecrow, and I need to go down there and partake of the promise. So for those of you that say, well, I don't, I'm not a real good Christian yet. I, I don't even know what that is anyways. If you love Christ, you love Christ, and, and you're following him, follow him. So be a good Samaritan, I guess. Be that. Take this. These are 20. They're right. They put them in packs of 20, right? I want to make sure. 20 more or less, okay? Two weeks, 20 people that you witness to. Now, I want to make this very clear. Don't do a, here you go. I want to invite you to my church. Don't do that. You can do that tonight when you have 100. But with these 20, I want you to pray over them. God, use them. They say, okay, I want to invite you to church. What's that? God loves you. Let me tell you my testimony. Let me, let's partake of the promises together. Amen? Two-fold altar call. This is one, and this is two. Amen? We're going to close out right now in a word of prayer.
And as we pray, I pray that God will put something upon your heart for this and for them. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you would bless the hearts and minds and the souls of the people here, Lord God. Lord, I pray that you would show us your way, Lord God, in all that we do and all that we say, Lord God. I pray that you would bless Gina and Barbara right now, Lord God. Strengthen their hearts, strengthen their minds, strengthen their bodies, strengthen their souls. Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, for everything that you've done within their life. Continue to bless them, continue to use them for your honor, for your glory, Lord God. Father, have your way in all that we do and all that we say. Bless them, surround them with the right people. They're in the city of Isaiah, Lord God. Lord, we want to celebrate his life. Not look down, not feel oppressed, but Lord, celebration of victory within this man's life. Thank you, and I praise you in Jesus' name. We all said, they're going to sing a song. I would want to bless your name. As they sing the song, consider yourself dismissed.